0: So welcome to the Love Five Podcast. It's Paul Tizar, the Flying Coach, and today's special guest, mother and daughter, Cabin Crew British Airways. Woo! Welcome. welcome.
1: Thank you, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having
0: us. This is just so weird because I've I've known both of you for ages, and and then you've ended up coming cabin crew, and so I think it's a great story. And so I'm going to shut up. So tell us tell us <laughs> about how it all happened. Why you ended up being crew and uh, anything really. Right, so over to you.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, well, yeah. It's sort of started where I wanted to apply just after college, and um, I applied online mum helped me as well and mum was doing beauty at the time and she thought oh I might apply as well she didn't <laughs> really think too seriously into it and she actually got to the interview process and I didn't
0: oh no all <laughs> so she stole
1: my limelight <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she was I was like to mum go for it like it's such a cool job to have <laughs> and obviously I'm one of five so we're all grown up now so I thought it'd be great for her to go and do that and then she, I applied six months later and got it, and then COVID hit, obviously. I mean, Mum, how long were you flying for before I started? I was
2: flying for a couple of years before COVID. I got completely fed up with the beauty industry after being in it for 30 years. Mm. Um, so a lot of my clients, customers, and friends are Gatwick crew. So I've been on trips with them, so mm. I knew the sort of thrill of what happened and how to behave on the aircraft. And then Saskia said that she wanted to become a crew. So I was flying two years. Then I got made redundant, which was really sad, but also really enlightening Mm. because I pushed my way through that. I did as much volunteering as possible. I I learned a different trade. It was a scary time, but it was really enlightening for me because I'd, I'd got so many different views on life and and people and struggles and it was really enlightening so I don't regret that phase at all during no. COVID it no. was a, a real life's lesson for me and then we were all, yeah. we were both kept in the holding pool yeah
1: well I was in the holding pool for about a year and a half I was just about to start my training and they sent us an email and said you're in the for basically, oh, and no. that's when COVID it must hit. Must've be been gutted. Oh, I was absolutely gutted because I've been waiting for it since I left college mm. and seeing Mum fly and go to all the, around the world as well. I was so jealous.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that. Like, couldn't be any worse, <laughs> could it? Really?
1: Yeah. It did you come with me on the trip? Yeah, it's funny <laughs> because I used to be a cling-on with Mum, and now she comes as a cling-on with me. So yeah. it's really <laughs> nice. We
2: can go on each other's trips now. So. Some of the crew saw Saskia when she was at college and they knew that she wanted a flight and now they see uh, Saskia as crew. So it's it's Mm. really good, isn't it? Yeah, Mm. it's really great. So we've flown together three times, four times. Yeah, we did a Mother's Day
1: trip, which BA organised, which was lovely that we went to New York and there was another mother and daughter on the flight as well. so that was really nice. That was really special for us.
0: Uh, yes. That is amazing. That's lovely to be able to do that, to have that sort of common interest and stuff. And uh, and also, I see a lot of people going back. I'm not going to ask your age, Sarah. Uh, but I see a lot of people going back in, in later life. I saw a little clip, was it yesterday, on the Instagram from somebody who's joined, started at 57. He'd been in the police for 30 years. And I just thought, this goes to show that it doesn't really matter. You can If you put no. your mind to it, you can go and do stuff, can't you? Oh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's it's great because it's all different ages. There are crew applying in their 60s. There's crew returning in their 70s because during COVID they tried try something else. They took redundancy and they can't get flying out of their system. Mm. So the eldest lady at Gatwick, who was one of our number ones at Gatwick, she's 68 and nice. she's come back. She's a little fire rocket. <laughs> But she's brilliant on board, and you just can't get it out of your system.
3: Mm.
0: So
2: once you've done it, it's just a lifestyle. It really is, which we both love, don't we? Yeah.
0: So, so Saskia, you knew you wanted to do this. I didn't know that about you. and But so yeah. you, you, it was more of like, oh, that looks fun. I'll do that.
1: Yeah, I had sort of two routes. It was either to be a midwife or to be cabin crew. Mm. And cabin crew was more appealing to me, obviously especially seeing mum do it as well and she got in there before me so that made me even more jealous but yeah now that I've I've been doing it for it'll be a year next month and the year has just gone so quick And mm. I had my recurrent training as well which is obviously still really intense yes and um, to your, your general first training that you do but it really shapes you into someone I feel like it you know you get used to being lonely sometimes I think as crew you are with people all the time and at Gatwick it's smaller it's a lot friendlier
3: Mm.
1: people you see a face you walk into Atlantic House and you know a face and that's what makes it family it's really nice but it can get really lonely on trips especially if you don't want to spend money or go out or do this and do excursions but I mean you just learn to love your own company and I think that's so important.
3: Mm.
2: Regimented. So for Saskia, I mean, it, it is quite like being in the army. You have to put that uniform on. You have to look well groomed. You have to be trained in all safety aspects and first aid and all the scenarios that could happen on board. So it just puts you in a completely different mindset, which I'm lucky that Saskia is experiencing quite young. So she can work her way up and mm. progress within the flying industry.
0: How did you find it Sarah going in, uh, you've done many types of careers and stuff, what was it like kind of starting again?
2: Oh gosh, well I've had five children and I've always also had my own sort of career but that I'd probably rather give birth than do that training. (laughs) It was horrendous, it was a real (laughs) shell shock, you know they had point systems if you were late two minutes to a classroom that was one point you could get two points and then you were off the course. If you about oh the safety on the um, evacuations or the fire drills or first aid, you know, that was another point. You just got two chances and you were off. It was really strict, That's which it had to intense. be, to be honest. It That's was really, really intense. intense. It was like similar to being on the X Factor. You didn't know if you was going to get through the next day because you had exams all the way through. Um, you had to get 90% the first week, and then you had to get 80% on all the following exams. So it was really, really mm. intense. So when... I don't know how you get through it, but you do get through mm. it if you really want to, um, if you push yourself. And when you've got through it, that team that you've been doing that course with, you are just one family. You yeah. know, all different ages. You never forget who you trained with. And yeah, you, you, really can, you can always... You know, if you've got a problem on the aircraft, off the aircraft, I'm sort of a mummy figure. So I do get a lot of problems from my age and, and younger, which is nice. And um, you do help in all different aspects of life. It's it's really a lovely role to be in, cabin crew.
1: Yeah, it's a really rewarding job. It's hard work, and mm. um, but obviously there's a lot of perks to it. And, you know, if you have a bad flight, Few hours later, you're sitting on a Caribbean beach. So. Oh, stop,
0: stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh, because uh, I think we must be Facebook friends or something, Sarah. Because I get your posts. And it's always on some bloody beach somewhere, or (laughs) some really nice restaurant, and and I'm fed up. To be honest, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna unfriend you. Oh, don't too much envy. Oh, (laughs) don't. But
3: the crew
2: sort of roll their eyes when they see I'm on their trip because I've got an itinerary before I've even got on the aircraft. So I've looked up and I'm like, let's do this. I'm all for ticking boxes at my age. So. I think life has yeah got to be lived and it's quite wonderful to all be here. So I just make the most of everything.
0: Yeah, no, I think I can relate to that. I, I was always amazed at how many times, as you know, I was a crew in my mid twenties onwards, and uh, how many people didn't do anything. I was amazed. I I remember getting it's a long time ago. I got tickets for Madonna, and it was back in the nineties, I suppose, when when I was there, yeah, about ninety six. And I had these tickets, it which included backstage passes. I had two tickets at the Tokyo Dome. Could I get someone to come with me? Oh my goodness. I, I literally had to give the ticket to, to some random stranger. Oh I said. my goodness. And I got given these two like fantastic tickets, front row, backstage passes. And they were saying, Oh now I'm saving my money I'm staying in. Oh no, so, you,
2: uh... you did you do get that a lot as well, which I mean it takes all sorts. And maybe they're just having time out from home life you just don't know sort of it's not acceptable
0: it. stop being so I know. understanding being
3: kind. Being <laughs>
0: kind. I was in my 20s I didn't have that ability to accept that <laughs> at the <that> time
2: they need to kick up the some of these to um, make the most of life but you, you can't teach that they've got to experience that for themselves you hmm. are pretty hardcore though I am quite hardcore it's I mean
1: even we did a Cancun together we had 24 hours there we landed off a flight and she goes like come on let's go to Coco Bongo's (laughs) and I was like oh my god mother (laughs) you are mad but I had the best time and I think it just takes that one person to be like come on let's go and it just does once you're there it's the motivation to get somewhere but once you get through it you have the best time you
2: do and it's it's memories it's it's all memories
0: no, I think you're absolutely right. And also so how did the crew react when you when they realised that the two of you were kind of uh, wanted to chip off the old block of the other one?
2: They love it actually. Airport yeah. managers love it. But when working together, yeah. the mother and daughter team,
1: yeah. and sort of say, "Oh, how do you not put each other's hair out on the aircraft?" But
2: we're just not really like that. I, think I, I mean, we're quite well pulled. She's she's great on the other end of the trolley. You can, get, you can get food that are really annoying, but she's actually really good. So, so it's worked out really well. And That's the, the best feedback. Yeah, the passengers, <laughs> if we're doing a demo and we're, we're at Doors 2, we're, we're on a 777, so if we're doing a demo and we're next to each other, you can see passengers looking at me and then looking at Saskia and they're sort of... They
1: figure it out. They, they figure it out.
2: And we give each other a, a little grin, don't we? Yeah. They do sort of figure it out. So it's quite yeah. nice. We've had quite a few passengers say mother and daughter haven't we yeah. yeah it's
0: nice yeah you can definitely tell i mean i just i mean aside from the training i don't know how long it is at british airways so five seven, weeks six I've,
2: weeks six oh six weeks six, six weeks
0: Hideous. have you have you attempted any other because you've got other offspring that you could bring on haven't
2: you oh no jessica would not be able to be on the aircraft she would get the sack within five minutes she would be so rude to rude passengers she would last oh not even five minutes probably yeah, she's not, not an empathist no. she's, you know she really isn't it makes you <laughs> sound really bad <laughs> she's hardcore jessica And yeah. um, oliver wanted to be a pilot he's gone on to a different route now so mm-hmm. he wanted to fly they've all been on a trip with me they all have experienced mum working um which is really nice but no it's just saskia The oldest one, she's got children, so maybe later on, but not yet. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's got to be a special type of person, haven't you, (laughs) Rose?
1: special
3: in all ways. (laughs)
2: Oh, dear. But it calms you down. I know it sort of sounds like we're crazy and mad, and I know crew are crazy and mad, but you know within eight hours before you get on that aircraft and when you step on that aircraft, you put on a completely different base uniform. You become a different person. You go into it, like a ro- robotic mode. You know, you can have a laugh down route and you t- take a friend with you and they think, oh, this is great. This is really crazy. And they can't believe the difference when you've got your uniform on. It's quite yeah. surreal, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to always be yourself. I mean, when it comes to the serious stuff, security checks you're and going, going. SOPs, and yeah, you do turn robotic because it's drilled into your head, mm. and it's really traumatic what you go through is in the training. It's like really emotional. So when you finally get on that plane, and you realise how serious it actually all is,
3: yeah,
1: it's like well, but then well, you know, it's, it's nice it. to have a laugh in the galley of all the crew and. There's good banter and it's just nice.
2: Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, as long as everybody's safe and comfortable and you know what you're doing, mm. then you you're a team and you're always going to be a team, which is really good.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? That a lot of people don't realise that how often you're forming a team with people you barely know or sometimes don't know them at all. And you just have to yeah. get on. You just and you perform a role. You you gel and you perform the function then you might not see those people ever again I just find it might not be the same no. at Gatwick pace but it's just yeah okay. it, is. It's, it just sort of blows people's minds that you can do that because you see teams in normal jobs that been get working together for years and can't gel you know yeah so
1: yeah and it doesn't yeah. matter the age as well no. I mean I I get on with every, yeah ages. yeah I went to New York the other day and I went to breakfast with this older lady and she was crew and it was she was so lovely and it just mm. really doesn't matter about the age it's just you just get on with everyone and they everyone is do. yeah everyone is so different in their own small ways but mm. we've all got one thing in common that we love our job so it's sort of it's like chalk and cheese almost it can be a bit difficult when it comes to being down route and there's a lot of opinions
0: i say you're you're on the triple seven then
2: Yes, yeah, we're on a triple seven. So else? we're no, we we're, we're on the airbuses, short haul at Gatwick now. That's Euroflyer. So we just have long haul for us guys. Nice, um, and <laughs> yeah, which is really nice. I mean, you're stuck on that aircraft from six to thirteen hours.
3: Yes.
2: So you have to get on. Yeah. You know, you, you cannot not get on. You've got to work as a team. Obviously, you sometimes get that one crew that's. You know, having bad times or a bit moody or just not the same as you. I'm not going to say anything else that's negative. Yeah, but um, you're being
0: very, very diplomatic, honestly. Yeah,
2: you have to. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. have to get on. And because I'm, I'm part of a big family, we all we are we're mm. used to different, you know, personalities. So I think that's part of being crew as well. You're chucked on an aircraft with people you don't know to work as a team. That's part of being crew. The passengers are people that you don't know. So mm-hmm. it teaches you—you've got to get on with everybody, haven't you? Yeah. You can sort of say under your breath what you actually think, but yeah, you have to put on that smiley face, don't you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So we sort of just to just to really rub in the the jealousy front. Where what sort of places are you flying to at the moment?
2: Well, it's mostly Caribbean. Cape Town's yeah. just stopped for the summer. We've okay. just got Vegas back. I've got a five-day
1: Vegas next month, which I'm really excited about because I've never been before. I think I might take um Ollie with me because he's 21 now, so Mm. my younger brother. So that should be fun. Mum's tried getting on on it, but she's not coming.
2: (laughs) I've got a six-day Mauritius next, which is nice. Um, so we do get really good trips, don't we? Obviously, you get the Cancun's, which is just a night stop.
0: I'm amazed at that because that's a, a long old flight.
2: Yeah, that's one yeah. of our longest, and it's, it's one of the hardest for sure. Well, your passengers are quite testing as well because it's party place, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. What else? So we do America, Florida, Tampa, sort of New York, Costa Rica. Yeah, we've got some really good places, haven't we?
3: Yeah. We've
2: just got. We've we got G- Ghana.
3: Yeah, they've
1: just taken off Kingston and replaced it with Ghana. We still got Kingston. No, that's what it's swapping. Yeah. So that should be fun. That should be
2: interesting. Yeah, Trinidad. Yeah, we've got interesting places, and you know,
0: it's it's nice Um, and. Stop. Stop talking. I've had enough now. (laughs) I'm too jealous. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think you the time you're doing it is the when you do it and sometimes i've I've entertained the idea i thought oh maybe i could but i just i don't know if i could you know just i oh, you find it knackering when i was in my 20s i don't know how it i don't know how you do it sarah you must be like oh i have gone part time
2: i've gone part time now but mm. i mean with the day that you land you sleep and then you have to sort of spring back the next day because otherwise it th- throws you for the next trip mm. but i have gone part time so that's just 3 weeks out out of the month so it's normally about 3 trips or 2 trips a month which is fine
0: that's like the best job in the world then isn't it
2: yeah yeah i get my little um, adventures and then i can come back and put my mummy head on so it's nice. it's worked out really nice
0: that's amazing so did have either of you uh, ever had any sort of fear of any or anxiety about flying yourselves um, the only
2: fear I had, and this was actually when I was crew, but I wasn't working as crew. Mm. I shouldn't have had that fear because it was just in my head. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't going to be a problem. It was, it was oh gosh, I've forgotten where I went now. Skiing, not ish. Innsbruck. Sorry, I got there in the end. Innsbruck. Okay, so Ski <laughs> is looking at me like, come on, mom, get out. It, out. <laughs> it was Innsbruck. And there's three pilots on there, mm. which I knew one of them, and we were caught in a go-around for ages, and it was just white clouds. And as crew, I knew, right, that mountain's there, that's there. Mm. But they're so professional, we got mm. down really safely. And, and I know that they wouldn't have landed if there was any danger.
3: Yes.
2: So that fear didn't last that long, to be honest. That's the only thing. Time I looked out the window and thought, oh gosh, how on earth are they going to land mm. there? But it was absolutely fine. And I, I should have known it was going to be fine, but that just for that instance, you know, you get that, yeah. you know, what if? But it, it was, it's was all good.
0: Yeah. Well, it's normal. Isn't it? I remember going when I went through my training thinking actually it'd be quite easy to develop a fear of flying, even though you've been taught what to do in case this happens. You also get shown footage of stuff and you. And you're exposed to things that you're, which people don't see normally, and I think it, that could be quite triggering for a lot of people, couldn't it?
2: Oh, I know. We watch the um, aircraft disaster program all the time. I love it because the reason. You're I... Oh, weirdo! Yeah, I know. No, but the reason I watch it is because it's past. <laughs> it's past disasters, and every time they've learned so much from mm. that. So to have something go wrong now would be near enough impossible so it sort of teaches your mindset as well when you watch those things and they investigate aircraft investigation and they investigate everything and then it sort of adds up actually that happened because of that and they've dealt with it Mm. in that way it does actually help your mindset Mm. so I'm not a weirdo
0: (laughs) just slightly yeah I think it's weird I always say to people that are getting over the fear of flying, don't watch those things because it's all like a recipe for disaster because, unfortunately, the way they put them all together look, makes it look like they're happening all the time, you know. And yeah. And and we know there's this massive gap between any incidents. And you, as you quite rightly said, that every single time anything's happened, they've, we've learned from it, you know, and that's why it's so safe now. No, there's no no such thing as a hundred percent safe. I say, but no, you know, it's not. Far no, there off, isn't.
2: Is there? I mean, we, you know, that that's why we're trained the way we're trained. But um, most of the time, it is turbulence that frightens people. And,
0: yeah, let's Let's talk. So let's talk about that. Then, so what sort of things do you find? Yeah, so turbulence is a biggie. to so in your time you've been flying, now, what sort of things do you notice happens for for nervous flyers? Or,
2: then they like to drink. They, they do, drink away the fears. I do drink but normally we encourage people to tell us at the aircraft door if they're going to be worried or if they've got a fear of flying and um, if they have got a fear of flying then we look over them the whole flight mm. if necessary we will i mean i've sat next to a passenger who was terrified and i've sat next to her i asked the manager if i could hold her hand for landing and takeoff. No. and I was explaining every single noise that I could hear the landing gear coming down you Mm. know the flaps and everything else I was sort of explaining as well as I know as cabin crew I'm not flight crew so I can't explain all the technical bits and bobs but I was trying to sort of reassure the whole time so if they if we've got a passenger they tell us when they come on we know they're going to be anxious we say anxious you know is isn't part of being an aircraft that you're going to be put in danger you know you've got to separate the two that's just your mindset mm. um so you sort of try and talk through you explain turbulence we actually love turbulence as crew we know as soon as those seatbelt signs go on and we do get this where parents argue where they don't want to take their babies out of the bassinets you know and me being a mum that that's the one thing that really aggravates me mm-hmm. so we sort of explain why you have to I mean as long as you're strapped in, you're safe. Aircrafts are designed for turbulence. Yes. You know, they're bendy. Whereas there's a passenger that didn't know, you know, that aircrafts can put through all these, you know, different tests. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to sort of, you know, you need to explain that to them. But you can, all you can do is reassure, give them... Yeah.
1: Cup of tea, I, yeah. And... I always say to passengers, if you're worried, then just look at us. Because if there's anything... That goes wrong you'll see it in our faces and when turbulence is happening we're all smiling and laughing so it's just I feel like that's one thing that comforts passengers as well because they do look at us for reassurance and if there's a bump or something they just look at us and
2: it just says it in our
1: face really that mm. we if we're not worried about it you shouldn't be either
2: I mean yeah. and, and flight crew they're you know they, they don't see turbulence as any danger at all, which is sort of thrown into us. And we sort of get that because they go through all this these training programs for turbulence. I mean, and you, you do jump if it's sudden turbulence, which you, you very, very, very rarely get. Yes, I mean, I've yes, never yes. had severe turbulence ever since I've been flying. I only know one other crew member that had severe turbulence, which was a sudden drop. She wouldn't have hurt herself if she was strapped in oh. so if you listen to the crew and the and the captain and do what you're supposed to do you won't you won't get hurt in turbulence mm. you know so you sort of yeah
1: and if we do feel unsafe as crew if it is really bumpy Um, even if there's a service going on, they'll always put our safety first. So if we feel really uncomfortable, you know, serving hot tea and coffee and it is really bumpy, then we do have the choice to strap in. And I think that's really, really good because there are crew that feel uncomfortable. You know, not everyone's like, oh, not everyone's crazy. Like, oh, I love turbulence. You know, some crew absolutely love it. Some crew are like, oh, I need to sit down and strap in and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And you always get a mix of
2: people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we also know that the, the flight crew It's not, you know, they might get a bit bumpy, but they've also been radioed by everybody, every aircraft that's around them that have gone through that area, the weather conditions and everything. So you know they've got a sort of updated weather conditions. they 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 don't want to go through it for a laugh. They will avoid turbulence if they can, because they need to get from A to B as safely as possible and without passengers getting worried. Mm. We need those passengers on board. You know we don't want everybody being you know frightened to get on because of turbulence
3: mm.
0: no so that's so anything else that worries people that you've come across
2: sort of noises so when you're taking off which i didn't know before i was flying i'd always hear sort of landing gear going up and mm. the flaps and you know i couldn't understand why the blinds why do they have to have the blinds up and, yeah they always say that and why have they got to have the armrests down? Well, you sort of if somebody looks at me, I said, "Please, could you put the blind up They're like, "Look at me!" And I said, "It's because you can see out at the wing, and I can't if I'm sitting in my jump seat." So, mm. you know, you have to explain. explain. You'll yeah. be the
1: first person to see the problem outside the window. You'll have mm. to let us know, and then they—it kind of clicks in their
2: brain, isn't yeah. it? And they think,
1: "Oh, yeah,"
2: on
3: and,
2: <laughs> you know, landing gear going down. I know exactly mm. when it's going to go. If I'm sitting at door three you hear it and the flaps going up, so. I understand the noises. Obviously, passengers don't. But knowledge for passengers is so valuable if they're mm-hmm. anxious. So mm, that's really good as
1: well. Sort of being you able don't to see good programs about aircrafts, do you? It's always crash, disaster, this, that. Yes. You don't see. Well, it is. There's no. There's nothing. I mean, Only that particular program. Yeah, I know, but if you go on Netflix, it's like, oh, the plane that disappeared, blah blah blah, and it's yeah, like that. Yeah. It's so rare. It's just silly. Like, there's there's no good programs about flying. I mean, there was a program that BA put a few years back. They put it out, didn't they? But that was really good because you got to like get to know insight of the aviation mm. world and all the positives about it. Whereas, like, you don't want to watch the negative stuff all the time because it is scary to people that are nervous. Yeah, I mean, that's right
2: it's only every disaster you only hear the negative don't you yeah yeah like you don't hear the good and...
1: things you don't hear you know crews, you know evacuating a plane safely and this and that you don't they don't spread yeah. good news about that
2: i mean i do know some of the crew on the vegas aircraft that caught fire on the runway and they were evacuated so quickly the passengers you know because they knew what they had to do to get those passengers yeah. off everybody was safe everybody was unharmed so We, you know the training really does teach you in Mm. in the worst 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 scenario which i know crew that have been flying 60 plus years and they've never had a a disaster or you know a near miss or anything that's going to affect anybody on that aircraft so it's very very
0: rare yeah i think people have done i was gobsmacked when they said you know that every aircraft has to be cleared in 90 seconds uh even with doors blocked and you think, crikey, you know that's that's some sort of like training some standard a lot of people just don't know that, do they? So
2: oh yeah, it works as well. I mean, the training, all different scenarios yeah. where you've got to sit in a jump seat. They put the evacuation alarms on, and you don't know if there's a fire outside the window or you're going to do a ditching or anything. So it surprises and freaks out us out because we're looking mm. to see what okay, what have we got to say? We've got to get those passengers off that aircraft. Mm. I mean I don't know about
1: you mum but even when you're for takeoff and landing when you're in your seat and you're doing your silent review it is drilled into your head what you would do in that instance if something happened like we have got that drilled into us so we are constantly always prepared for anything to happen yeah I mean you don't you try to sort of not think about it but as soon as you sit on your seat that's all you think about
3: yeah
2: and and the feet, aircraft door, obviously, you know that one that just opened, and then wherever that was, was the passenger open the door. We know that's that must have been horrible for the passengers mm. and horrible mm. for the flight crew and the the cabin crew. But you know, it's it's a below a certain amount of feet that that would happen. If it's above that, I mean, they mm. could land safely below mm. that with the aircraft door open. But if it's above that, that door's not going to open anyway. Yeah, because yeah, of the pressure. So
0: yeah, I did a little um. I did a post about that in the in our Love Fly Facebook group because I, I saw that someone alerted me and I was like, because the press said door open mid flight. And I just thought, well, that's crap straight away. You know? Yeah, so, that's, you
2: know. yeah, absolute rubbish. So that would have frightened the hell out of a lot of people. Mm. You get people's like, parties at the end of the aircraft, especially when they're flying out to do the cruise ships, but all the guys sitting on the bulkheads, like at the doors, you know, they're drinking their brandies. You, When you're, you know, mid-flight, you know, you have to say, come on, guys, it's not a party, you need to go back to your seats. But I've got no worry. They they can't open, physically open that door anyway. So, you know, you you wouldn't worry mid-flight if somebody was standing by the door, would you? No, no.
0: No, No. No, we always say that, uh, you know, if someone had a go, you're not going to just stand there and watch them. But, you know, by the same token, you you just know... The safety of the aircraft is just... Oh,
3: gosh.
2: No, we have got handcuffs and God knows what on. Gags and handcuffs and God knows to stop these um, people. That I wonder where this even... is going, then. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, strap them down to a seat. Like, what you like do in
0: your own time's up to you, right?
3: You just um no,
2: But, no, it's surprising. I mean, you know, we've got kits for ladies that... Give birth. I'd love that if somebody went into Actually, that. The other I'd love it if someone gave birth. Oh, an yeah. Aircraft. And like all the um, medical equipment, do. and it's, you know, going through to Medlink if there is mm. a medical on board, they looked after. The, the passengers are probably more looked after on an aircraft than they would be if they was at home. Totally agree.
0: So I to- I've always said, used to say when I ran the courses, you know, um, you know, if you're, have some, if you're going to have a heart attack somewhere, do it on an aircraft. Yeah, because you've, you've got DFibs, you've got people trained, you've got your med link. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing, you know,
2: Yeah. There's always guaranteed one doctor or nurse on every flight. So we we can see if there's a doctor or, or somebody medically trained on a flight or they tell us as they board. So mm. we know if there is anything that's going on, there's two halves to a medical kit. There's a crew side and there's a doctor's... Medical side, which we can't use, we're not trained to use that. But guaranteed MedLink would get them to the safest, best hospital.
3: Yeah,
2: you know, diverting straight away. So that's quite reassuring for passengers as well, especially when we do the Kingston flights, and you know, there's a lot of elderly passengers that go home. Saskia nearly fell off. Of bed. <laughs> She's sitting on a stool. <laughs> <laughs> she nearly went flying backwards. There's a lot of passengers that go home. Either they want to be at home to die, or they, you know, they want to see their family. Mm. So you do get the medicals on board, don't you? Those trips, everybody's, yeah.
1: you know, you do panic about it as well, especially before you start. You think, oh my god, what would I do if this happened? Blah blah. But the amount of medicals I've had, it's like, like I said again, it's just drilled in your brain. You just know what to do. Mm-hmm but it is
2: scary i think when crew you are trained mm.
3: and which so, is great
1: and it's
2: very calm yeah because they that's... will not fly if there's any possibility that there could be an incident midair or takeoff or landing they need mm. to make sure 100 percent everything they've done is going to be in hands yeah so there's no way even if you know there's a little seal that's on the door you know a crew's not sure. They will make sure they don't care if the aircraft's delayed. They will get an engineer, mm. which really pees the passengers off because they haven't got a clue what's going on. They just think they're being delayed. But they will not take off if there's anything that could cause yeah an incident.
3: Yeah.
0: That yeah. sort of mindset's been there a long time.
2: Yeah, I mean, they um, there's always plan ABC, you know, lots of plans that they go through. I, mm. I've, I love sitting in a flight deck. I'm not a flight deck floozy, but I do like I wasn't sitting wasn't going to and... say anything. <laughs> but I do. I'm so interested in it, take off and landing and listening. And, you know, I I have asked if I can. I didn't know where the radio was. So, you know, if I needed to speak, if something happened in the flight deck, I'm I'm quite interested in everything. So mm. I needed to know where the mic was, what I'd say. And, you mm. know, and they let me do that. Pilots are captains Are they're quite good at. You know, if you wanna understand something, they will talk you through it to reassure us, not about flying the aircraft, but about communicating. Yes. You know, so they are really good at things like that, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all very good. We love flying.
0: Yes, yeah, so we're getting that very strongly. So I just wondered if we could sort of do a kind of a closing thing, like for anyone who's listening who is Scared of flying, uh, no matter who they fly with. What would you say to reassure them?
2: Turbulence isn't a problem. Turbulence is very normal, and the aircraft is—it's been through so many tests and it's bendy. So you've got nothing to worry about with turbulence. If a seatbelt,
1: yeah, it's just
2: a bump in the road. Seatbelts go on. There's a reason why. We just Mm -hmm. don't want you banging your heads. Also, anxiety is a mindset. So if you can read up or go on courses and understand what triggers you before you actually get on that aircraft, that would be a massive help as well. And also, if you still got a fear of when you get to that aircraft or let the crew know, because we're there to hold your hand and help you. We'll get you a cup of tea. We'll get some chocolates from somewhere. We won't plaster you with alcohol because we'll be having to look after you for other reasons. You know, we're there to help you. So As far as we're concerned, mum and daughter, I wouldn't want Saskia flying if I thought she was going to be in danger,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: which I do not feel. She'd be probably more in danger going on the tube and train out to London every day. So um, if there's a problem with anybody, speak to the crew, speak to the manager at the aircraft door and they're there for you to help you. You agree?
3: Yeah,
1: completely agree with that.
0: Amazing. I can't thank you enough, you two. Brilliant. Oh,
1: thanks. oh you're, you're, welcome. you're welcome. Thank, yes. thank you
0: so much for coming on. And uh, it's such a lovely story. And uh, I know we've been, been trying to get it for ages, but I know with flying and stuff, it's the chance of you both being available at the same time is pretty slim. Mm. But to think that I've known you both for ages, when, like, Saskia oh, was playing with my daughter, when you were squeezing. Junior school. I know. No infant school. It was infant and you school, are.
2: isn't it? Sports, Sports. I know. Sports day. T- yeah,
1: awesome. watching them with their running races. Yeah, double trouble. We I, I, I still didn't... are actually. <laughs> are you and
3: Dilly. Yeah,
2: I'm talking to her now actually as we speak. But um, <laughs> I didn't know that you did this course. You know, until I started flying, really.
0: Yeah, so... I didn't really know. I mean, I obviously you knew I at some point had done this, but I've done other jobs as well. But I just. When you sort of do the school run and stuff, you don't always get a chance to talk no. to people. So I, I never knew you had any interest in ever doing this. So there you go. Neither
2: did I. <laughs> yeah, you <know>, she <it's> just <laughs> stole my dream, that's right.
0: <laughs> and got in there before you. Which yeah, just...
2: no, I pushed myself.
0: Really bad. I've got to form. start
2: thinking about something, I've got to succeed. So, yeah, <laughs> no. it all worked out well
0: yeah amazing well thank you so much that was absolutely lovely and uh it's great to talk to you both as well and uh i'm very jealous but i, I just I love the thought you've both been out there flying around the world it's fantastic thank
2: you thank
1: you you have to let us know if you ever get on one of our flights we'll i expect chocolates you. yeah uh, you know the whole
0: shebang.
2: you'll yeah. get the rose champagne
3: that's and what everything. i want
0: <laughs> yeah I, I will be a diva I'm
2: <laughs> No, we would look after you. That would be fine. Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to the Lovefly podcast. I hope you found it useful. Now, as always, if you need any extra help, please join our Lovefly Facebook group. You can also follow us on Instagram at loveflyhelp. And also if you go to our website, which is lovefly.co.uk forward slash shop, you can see other ways that you can get some help. Thanks
3: for listening.